dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that there's a place where the bride of Jesus Christ can run into and be safe. So thankful for a word that has come that's put a hedge of fire around us. We're praying, Lord, that your word will speak deeply to every heart this evening. Lord, just taking a thought from the word of God. We can speak, Lord, but without you giving the unction, without you anointing it, without you revelating us, Lord, it'll just be putting in time. But we want to see you high. We want to see you lifted up in all your glory. God, that you could speak to us and deal with us and move us into the promises of God. We ask it in the name of Jesus for your glory. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, I guess this is our last Sunday for a while, last Sunday evening. Well, that's going to be a treat, I guess. I don't know. But we try to use it to have saints over the fellowship with one another and to share one another's testimony and, and get, uh, get to know one another in the church. We, um, we'll miss each other, as we know, so I'd like you to do one thing for me. Turn around and shake one another's hand. You never know, it might be a Sunday night where we get caught up and taken home. Amen. It's not, I think one brother said years ago, it's not a holiday. It's not for a holiday. And we just want to use our time wisely, redeeming the time and using it for his glory. So God bless you. Like you turned, uh, turn to the Bible, in your Bibles please, to Re- uh, Revelation chapter 5. Very familiar, Revelation chapter 5. We'll be reading in verse 1. I enjoyed the word this morning. I certainly did. It was a, a masterpiece. And, uh, you know, when you get in a, an idea and a train of thought, and then all of a sudden the word of God readjusts your mind to see how Satan works, we can truly see there's been an invasion not only to the United States of America, but Canada and around the world. Amen. But we've got a bigger bomb. And the prophet said it's prayer. It's the atomic warfare that we can use against Satan's kingdom. And we believe in prayer, don't we? We believe that God answers prayer and He's a God of prayer. And we're thankful that He hears us when we pray. Amen. Revelation chapter 5 verse 1. The Bible says, And I saw in the right hand of Him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold. I want you to take a look at that one word there. Behold. Behold. The lion of the tribe of Judah The root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. 
And he came and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. You might want to put a, an emphasis on that in your mind. Behold. The Bible says this in John 1 and 35. Again, the next day after Jesus stood, or sorry, John stood and two of his disciples, looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak. And they followed Jesus, and Jesus turned and saw them following, and said unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? And he said unto them, Come see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and he bowed with them that day, for it is about the tenth hour. And one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Next verse says, And he findeth his own brother, Simon, and said unto him, We have found Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Here we have a setting. We took Revelation chapter 5, and now we're into John 1 and 35. We've looked at the word behold. Can you imagine? I'd just like you to imagine now that you were on the banks of the River Jordan with John. And I don't believe there was just two followers of John. I don't believe that. I believe there was a lot of people that were following John and watching this move of God that was happening in Israel. And there he was. There was a prophet in the water. And there he was baptizing away. And all of a sudden, he sees the promised Messiah. Now, they've been waiting for 4,000 years. They were looking for a Messiah to come for 4,000 years. These were men that studied the scriptures 8 to 9 to 10 to 12 hours a day. I was reading about or seeing uh, a documentary on uh, Hasidic Jews and how, how they study. They put their children, we, children, they're graduating from BCA. You, you should thank the teachers and the ministry and your parents. You only go to church from 9 till 3. They put their children through school for 14 hours a day. To study one thing, the Torah. Now, that's, that's, that's incredible. So there were, that, I don't believe, just happened in our generation. That is part of their history. That they, they take the law, they take the oral law, they, they study it day in and day out. And here is the manifestation of Isaiah's prophecy. There's John the Baptist on, in, the, in the River Jordan. And are they catching it? Are they catching it? Then now the scripture is going to be fulfilled. The seed of the woman is going to come and manifest itself. And John says, behold the lamb. And to leave. What happened to the other hundreds? What happened to them? John, who is now the expression of the word, 
pointing them to the Messiah, which is the word. And he's telling them, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And how many left John? The recording in the scripture says two. Two. So we can see by the word of God that there's not many that will heed the word of God. Even though it's manifested in front of them. It's been shouted on the hilltops by a prophet that was present before them. Saying, behold, the Lamb of God, and only two leave. I thought, that's amazing. Amazing. Behold, the Lamb. Behold is a word, if you look it up in the Greek, if you just take a little definition of it. it in, even in Latin, it ties exactly with the Greek, where it says, when you say, behold, can our deal. I can use can, because he's my friend here. That's, I admire you. Behold is saying, there is an admiration going forth. Behold the line of the tribe of Judah. There was an admiration going forth. And I don't believe, saints, we should lose our admiration for what God has opened us to see the glory of God. I don't think it should ever be common. I think that we can rejoice and we can thank God. Behold, it says that word means it's an admiration. It also means it's a wonderment. It's a wonderment. Have you ever wondered at anything? And, and you've looked at maybe nature, some beautiful waterfall somewhere, or, or something that God has created, and you looked at it, and, the, and it was just a wonderment. It was an awe to it. Behold, it's an admiration, it's a wonderment. It's also an exclamation. That's the person. Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. That God should love a sinner such as who? You. That God should love a sinner such as I. That could change our sorrow into bliss. I don't think we could lose our admiration for this lamb. It's wonderment. And it comes with an exclamation. Abel could have said at the revelation of the lamb for his day, behold the lamb. When God vindicated his offering, he could have stood back, Brother Tim, John, he could have said, behold the lamb. It's an acceptable sacrifice. Cain's wasn't. But his was. And he caught a revelation. By faith, he offered up a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Abraham, when the ram was caught in the thicket, he could have said, behold, the lamb. Moses, in the Exodus hour, when God told him how to offer up a sacrifice and put the blood over the door, he could say, Behold the Lamb. I would love it tonight if you could say within yourself, Behold my Lamb. That you can say, Behold my Lamb. My Lamb. God is my Lamb. This is an individual 
revelation that is not group-orientated whatsoever. Your lamb might be different than my lamb. And we've got about 40,000 different lambs or denominations. But God had to bring a lamb today to show us exactly what was the acceptable sacrifice. And what word that God would vindicate so that the worshiper could enter boldly into the courts of praise and worship a living God was this bleeding bloody message that you could say, behold, this lamb, my lamb, my redeemed lamb, my God. I behold him. I admire him. He's a wonderment to me. He's an exclamation. Abel could say, behold, the lamb. Abraham could say, behold, the lamb. Moses could say, behold, the lamb. And I believe the bride of Jesus Christ can say, behold, the lamb. And can I say to you, how great is this lamb? Somebody say very. (laughs) How great is this lamb, Brother Ray? He's very great. This lamb that could wash away my sins is very great. This lamb that can never remember the sin that I did, that's very, very great. And when Satan comes before him to accuse me before him, the blood covers all my sin how great is that balcony how great is that how great is our god how great is this lamb do you know that the only reason you can understand and see this lamb is because you were predestinated to see it those two that left John to go with Jesus, we're predestinated to go deeper in Christ. Ram said it was in them, in you, is a germ seed that was put there before the foundation of the world. Because you was in God, in the beginning, standing there, Drawing a seed life. The seed in your heart was by foreordination. Hallelujah. The seed is already there by foreknowledge of God, predestinated. When it draws, it can't draw nothing else but the word. And that is, that is a wonderful revelation that we can't pull out anything from God outside of the word. We can't pull a denominational thought because we're part of God. We came from him. We go back to him. How he acts, we act. How he speaks, we speak. The Bible goes on to say this. Many are called. And that is a general invitation. Many are called. But your part is, but few are chosen. And you have to put yourself there and say, I'm one of the few. I'm one of the few. And that call is an effectual call. Means that there is power in that call. Because when God calls, come and see, there's something in you that responds to it that God put in there before the foundation of the world. 
So when he speaks the word, it's an effectual call and it has a dynamics within it to pull you into the presence of God. Behold the Lamb. Number of times in the New Testament, 139 times. I'm sorry, I've got the, I must have dyslexia or something. 193 times. In the Old Testament, 1,000 times. He is indeed a wonderment and he is amazing. Behold is a word exclaimed to express a wonder. It's to excite your admiration. It's to prompt and to arouse the reader. It's to mark a strong emphasis. It's to call the reader to pay close attention and contemplate. Behold the Lamb. Then Jesus came forth in John 19 and 5, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate could only say one thing. He couldn't say what you and I see. Pilate said, behold the man. And you could say, behold the lamb. He was looking at it carnally. We're looking at it spiritually. He's my redeemer. He's my bleeding lamb. He washes away my sin. And he's not a man. He's God himself. I hope that starts stimulating some wonderment in you. I hope it arouses something that you'll pay attention you know, what I'm, I, what I'm sad about, I'm sad about in the, as the time goes on, as Brother Bisco was so, so eloquently speaking this morning, where did the crowd go? Where did the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands go? And we see as time ebbs on, people cool off. God help us that we keep the fire burning within our own soul. That you stay in the word and let that word become a wonderment to you. And you can say in your own heart, behold my lamb. Oh, but brother Tom, we just come to church three times a week. No, we're going to come down two now. What happens when we shut down the door? It's you and God. You got to get in the message. You got to get in the books. You got to get in the tapes or the CDs or the MP3s. However you want to download it, I don't care. But this message came to introduce to you. The Lamb of God that taketh away all your sin. But Bram said in the spoken word, is the original seed, as the end time prophecies will repeat, I believe, as the first forerunner came from the wilderness and cried, Behold the Lamb of God, the second forerunner will probably do the same by pointing. The people, now watch this one he says here, to pointing a people to a word-born bride. Woo, just a second here. What is he pointing to? Christ in you, the hope of glory. The first messenger, 
Or the first forerunner came from the wilderness crying, Behold the Lamb of God. The second forerunner will probably do this by pointing the people to a word-born bride called the Bride of Jesus Christ. We'll be pointing to the skies at His appearing, screaming, Behold the Lamb of God will come forth from his lips. God, help us to be ready for this near event. The same thing is today. The same thing has taken place. The same question is asked. What's all this racket about? It's amazing that Brother Branham can just put his ministry right back into the scripture. And he said, what's this racket all about on Jordan's stormy banks, I see? And there's thousands getting baptized unto repentance. But then it was time for the Lamb of God to come. And when he came, a prophet had to be on the scene because God was changing his mask. And God can't do anything until first he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. So now here comes the Lamb of God. A prophet is saying, behold the Lamb. And now Brother Brown slips in. He says, and that same thing is today. Same thing taking place. Same question What's this all about? What's all this racket? He said, I look up and down the streets, cars from Michigan, Florida, Maine to California. This morning when I go riding out, right afternoon, we went down the street. The wife and I were looking at the license plate cars. That's where I, I thought of this text. What means this? Just as it was where the carcass is. The eagles shall be gathered. The Bible says here in Ephesians 3 and 7, Where have I been made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me? By the effectual working of his power. I want you to remember that now. Through the effectual work of his power. Paul goes on to write in Ephesians 4 and 15 and 16, But speaking the truth in love may grow up, into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Verse 16, from whom the whole body is fit jointly together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of his body unto the edifying of itself in love. That effectual working means that it is the power of God that is being released to you. So now, because of that seed that's in you, when that word comes by your way, there is an effectual work that starts to take place. God igniting the seed that is in you. God bringing you forth in the light of His glory and grace. For a great door, he goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now he goes to say this. He says, This effectual part of God is now showing you that the energy and power of God that is laying in the redeemed. That's why you can say, I am redeemed. There is an effectual working within the seed gene of God that is an energy 
that doesn't come from humanity, but it's an energy that's been released to you from God himself that put the seed within you. For every seed has power to transform itself. It's an energy. It's a power. It is a life that God deposits within the children of God. That they can truly see the prophecies that God is making known for them in their hour. Not looking back to say God filled a prophecy back 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago. That you can say that God is fulfilling a prophecy in the now, in the present for you and for me. That you can also cry, behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. And that's why then Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. I hope you admire that scripture. I hope that scripture is actually a wonderment to you. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be Amen. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Amen. So now we're looking at this word, behold, beholding the lamb shows an an admiration, actually shows an excitement. I'm excited to what God is showing me for my day. Hmm. It's my sacrifice lamb for my redemption. It's my sacrifice lamb for my redemption. Brother Bram said in the breach, he says, now notice he's not an animal. He took the book of the right hand that was on the throne. Who was it? The owner, the original owner that had the book of redemption in his right hand. And no angel, no angelic being, nothing else could take its place. And this bloody lamb walked out and took the book out of his hand. But the man goes, Phew. what was it, brother? This is the most sublime thing in the scripture. Really? I heard that 15,000 times. I hope you hear another 15,000 times. This is the most sublime thing in the scripture. I think it it behooveth us to open our seals book. Get in the seals book. Get in in the message. Behold the Lamb of God. This bloody Lamb walked out, took the book out of his hand. Brother, this is the most sublime thing in the scriptures. Amen. An act that not an angel, no nothing could do. The lamb came and took it from the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. He said, what is it? It belongs to the lamb. Amen. God's law required. He's the one that holds it. God's law required a kinsman. Redeemer. The lamb came out holding it. I am their kinsman. Can you praise him for that statement? He's he's taking the book not for himself. He's taking the book for you. He's taking the book for me. 
You know, the only people that are excited about this are, as I started at the beginning, the predestinated. Because they've got an effectual working within their lives, which is the power of God. And that power is being released by him so that you can see your place in the Bible, your place in the scripture. He said, I am their kinsman. I am their redeemer. I have made intercession for them. Now I've come to claim them. I've come to claim their rights for them. There's the only one. I've come to claim their rights. Is that right? They have a right to everything that was lost in the fall. Okay, I'll talk to these people over here. You have a right for everything that Adam lost in the fall. Amen. You have a right. Hallelujah. So when Satan comes by your way, you know what you to do? Satan, get behind me. Satan, I put you under my feet. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Does he only come to my house? I don't think so. I think he comes to everybody's address. And so then he's the accuser of the brother, and he'll tell you you're not a believer, and you have to tell him I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And I have an effect, I've had effectual calling. And that has moved me into the presence of God. And I see my place in the Word of God. Behold, the Lamb. And no wonder there is a response of Revelation 10 9. No wonder the response is. Give me the book. <laughs> oh, you, you don't have to tell somebody, well, I, I, I guess I did. It said, get into the seals book. But really, saints of God, that's redundant. You should be in it anyway. It should be a, a, a normal thing for you to have that seal book a part of your life. That you could actually see the claiming work of the Lamb for you. That you could rejoice saying, behold the Lamb. But Revelation 10.9 is a natural response. And I went to the angel and said unto him, give me the little book. Give me what is my rightful position. Give me the little book. He said, take it and eat it up and it'll make thy belly bitter and it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. So I took the book out of the angel's hand. How many can say, I took the book? <laughs> Glory! I took the book. Give me the book so I can eat the book. That I could become the book. Amen. There's something in us that wants more of God. There's something moving us that we can't even explain. And so we see some people, they want to easy believing, as Brother Tim Pruitt used to say. There's some people that just want to coast, but there's other people who want to storm heaven. And the violent take it by force. We can do it. I identify with Joshua and Caleb. Can you imagine looking at a million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-eight? And everybody's saying, no, that's a lot of people. That's from here, like, 
way down the valley, all the way to Vancouver, telling everybody we're more than able to take our land. I'm more than able to take my position in the Word of God. I don't care who comes against me, what they say to me, about me. I take God's promise. I never started this. Now you think about your own life, Tom. Did you start this? Nope. Who started it? God started it. And Brother Bram says anything that God starts, he finishes. So you might as well rejoice and say, behold the Lamb. It's my admiration. It's my explanation. <laughs> I'll explain it. I'm sure I got a few teachers I'm looking up right up, up in the corner here. If you get no response from your students, I don't believe you just handle it and say, that's nice, kids. Don't ever respond to what I take. You want to see class participation? You get thrilled when they get thrilled. Isn't that right? I think so. If I was a teacher, I'd get thrilled if my kids were putting up their hand. I was dodging the hand. Who's got the answer? I was diving under my desk. That's true. Or hiding behind Ken. But there's something in us that doesn't want to dodge this one. That we can say, I've taken it, I've eaten it, I've digested it, and it's becoming substance in my life. And I'm excited about it. I have never lost my excitement from day one. That I can know that Jesus loves me. The resurrection came by my way. God opened my eyes and he saved me and redeemed me. It's still a thrill and I'm thankful for it. That I can read Malachi 4 where he says, Behold! I'm not going to be long. Don't worry. Now think about it. We've got, we've got on behold. We took it out of Matthew. We took it out of John. We took it out of Corinthians. Now we're taking it out in the Old Testament out of Malachi 4. Behold! I send you, Elijah the prophet. That should be exciting to you. You know what? People are diluting that message. People are putting the prophet down, raising themselves up, saying they are a voice, and I deny it. There's one voice that is Malachi 4. That's God speaking through the vessel. And I'm excited about it, saints. And no man can take that from me. No man, no doctrine, no idea of a man. When the prophets say, you say what I say. Say what I say. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. And people are adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. God help them. We need to stay true to the word. Because behold, I send you. I take that very personally. God saying to me, I'm going to send your wonderment to you. I'm going to show you your admiration. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts. Brother Ernie, your PTL club couldn't do it, could it? Jimmy Baker couldn't do it. Morshorello couldn't do it. No doctrine can do it. But Jesus can do it. Jesus is the Word. Behold the Lamb. 
Listen, saints, I don't know what you get thrilled about. Some people get thrilled out of cars. I just bought a house from a guy that had 44 cars that were collector cars. One car over a million dollars. Okay? That was, that's a lot of metal. That's a lot of metal. And they live for those cars. That was their only life they got is those cars. And I feel sorry for somebody who puts it on a football player, a basketball player, a golf player, soccer player. I don't care, saints. You take their lives. Watch how they live. And you admire them because they can kick a silly ball in the net. They're dopers. They're womanizers. You might as well tell it like it is. They're calling us kooky. They're calling us crazy. I'm not saying go watching a game's going to kill you, but following it does. It's a God. It's a fallen God. No different than horse races. Those, you know, they get the triple crown, they get this. It's a false God. Saints, listen. All hell has been opened up right now. But God has given us all heaven to fight the enemies. And if this becomes just all to you, you're in a danger zone. Start pressing in. Listen. I think about my own children. If this wasn't it, I would not be standing here. I love them too much. I love my wife too much. If this wasn't it, I wouldn't be standing here. But as far as God showed me, this is it. Then if they can put everything in their cars, their football games, they put everything in it. Can't we put everything in this message? Can't we, saints? Put everything we got. Closing moments of time. Jesus could come any moment now. You need a watchman on the tower. You need to hear the voice of God. Awaken us to the realization we're getting to a time. Behold, I show you a mystery. I told myself I was going to take it easy. And I got an amen on that. Well, that's okay. Can you imagine? And this is where I probably will end on this part. They had a prophecy from Genesis to Deuteronomy. I could go into over 350-some-odd promises of Messiah. They studied day in and day out, day in and day out. And when it came by their way, they had no more clue about it than anything. Thousands of people were missing. As they've been reading the prophecy, they were missing it. And I say, oh God, if they could miss it out of 300-some prophecies, I don't want to lose what I got right now. I don't want to miss it. I want to press I want to press in like I've never pressed before. He predestinated He predestinated it to this by his foreknowledge 
when he predestinated in Malachi 4, he's predestinated in Malachi 4, he predestinated in Malachi 4, have you heard that again? He predestinated in Malachi 4, then it's got to happen. When he come over and predestinated anything to happen, the word, he had to prove his word to be so. When he predestinates anything to happen and says it will happen, he knows that the seed will be there just at that time. So he's predestinated Malachi 4. It's going to happen. And he's predestinated a seed. At that time, he predestinates a bride. She's going to be there. It's been prophesied. It's been spoken. As I took last week, how did Jesus come? He came by the spoken word of the prophets. And now that word starts to materialize, Brother Ram said. No different than the bride. It's been spoken, and now it's materializing in your seat. Glory! Behold the Lamb! So he predestinated Malachi 4. It's got to happen. So now he comes over now and predestinates anything to happen in his word. He will prove it. When he predestinates anything to happen and says it will happen, there will be seed there just at that time. Just as Andrew was there, just at that time. And Brother Bram says, you've got to find yourself in the Bible. You've got to see yourself there just at that time. Just at that time. He knows the seed will be there just at that time. He predestinated a bride and she's going to be there. She's going to be a rapture. She's going to be there. He's predestinated by his foreknowledge. There's nothing that's going to stop it. So if you say you're bride and you've heard from your lamb and you know that he started the work, you have to be in the rapture. Glory. That should excite you. That should be putting daddy's arms around his little daughters and sons and say, son, this is what it's all about. Daddy and mommy left everything to follow this. We've been predestinated just at this time. Glory. And you know what, parents? You have to show a little bit of life. Yeah. You better show a little bit of life. Because your children are looking at you and say, if that's the amount that you think about it, that's the way I think about it. I even like good nodders, but not, not offers. No, we're not all the same. Surely not. And I'm thankful there's only one Tom Ray. I really am thankful. Joel's a close second, but he's... But I do want to be like my Heavenly Father. I, I want to be like him, saints of God. I want to be like Jesus. I do. That's all I long for, to be like him on earth. I long to be like him. 
I long to be like him. But he's predestined me to be bride. He's predestinated you to be the bride. So you will be there, Eleanor. That's right. You're going to be in a rapture because she's going to be there. He predestinated by his foreknowledge. See, there's nothing going to stop it. I've been redeemed to put on the change. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word of God is quick. It's alive. Powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Pierce it even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of the joint and the marrow. And is a discerner of the thought and intents of the heart. So now in another translation it says, For the word of God is God speaks. And it's alive and it's full of power. So then you say, but Brother Tom, I, I got the word of God living in me. Well, okay, that's what I'm trying to fan the fire. I'm trying to fan the fire, get the embers going. Then you say, well, if I got the word of God and it speaks, it's alive, then I'm full of power. Power. It means making it active, operative, energized, and effective. Amen. Does anybody ever broke a hose before? And just six pounds per, pounds per square inch, whatever it is, a minute, I guess it's six gallons a minute coming out of a hose, and all of a sudden you break a hose and you try and put your hand on that thing? That's only six pounds or six gallons a minute. And Brother Bram said it would be like an elephant standing on a what? That he's more wanting to give you him? Every time I break a hose, I get wet. Because there's something behind it pushing. And if, if you've got God in you, there's something in you pushing. Not, you, see, you see, saints of God, we, we, we have to eat the book ourselves personally. And that's why people get in the doldrums. Now listen, you cannot read the Word of God and this message and be depressed. I won't look at anybody. I'll look over here. Now you can nod. I'm sorry, you can't. Because it's life. The Word of God is life and powerful, energetic. People get depressed. I'm so depressed. He didn't talk to me or he didn't you know, shake my hand. We still have that. That's crazy. That's 40 years old stuff. I've been around for over 40 years. People get offended because you walk by them. You've got something on your mind. And they, they always think of themselves. Ooh, I, better, I better stop. You, you know what I'm saying anyway. We're supposed to be bride material. Mature material. Amen. That's what God knew. We needed a word of power. It's an energy that can withstand the God. And, I, I, and I, I think, Tim, you said this a long time ago, 15 years ago. You never put the devil as a small, big God, big G, right? Yeah. Nope. Never. Never. In my notes, I never give him anything. In fact, I fawned him down. I fawned him real down. 
He's not even the worthy of attention. We put him down. But we needed this message of power to, co- to combat the God of this evil age. It's an energy. The Word of God is an energy that withstands Satan's Eden. The onslaught of the enemy. In Laodicea, gross darkness, sex education in the school system, brainwashing the masses. They keep it before you because they want to keep that before you so that you will get used to it. You can never get used to perversion. Never. There is no LBGTQRSTUVWXYZ. That is acronyms that the world has given so they can live perverted. But they want to stuff it down your throat and won't let us put it down their throat. But God had to give you a word of power to wash your minds. Amen. Now they want to do, what do they call it? A gender-free ID. Absolute garbage. A baby's born and they don't want to say it's male or female. Let them decide. Where are we going? Not us, them. Where are they going? They're going to hell. But I know where I'm going. I'm going up in the first resurrection. Hallelujah. God said it's a word of power. And he knew you and I needed Malachi 4 to get what God had in mind for you. They're brainwashing the masses. They're instigating an agenda that you and I don't want. And when you ask who's doing this, nobody knows. We laughed in it in in the university in 1972. We thought it was crazy. would never go, go anywhere. And now it's everywhere. But we understand it. It is Sodom. It's Gomorrah. But we got Elohim. We must major on what God majors on. We're in Elohim's camp. Every scripture... The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Every scripture, I preached on it a long time ago, every scripture is God-breathed. So when you're reading the word, it's not a dead letter to the bride of Christ. It's God-breathed word. Why? Because we have the author of it in us. Didn't he say if you had Beethoven, you'd play Beethoven? Right? If you had the spirit of Michelangelo, you'd be a painter. But we got the spirit of God in us, which is the word of God. Amen. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by inspiration, profitable for instruction, for reproof, conviction of sin, correction of error, discipline in obedience, for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, thought and purpose and action. It's powerful. It's wonderful. Can you give me five more minutes? Five more minutes. 
See, it's not error of the shack. He was God, the Logos. The word that went out of God. You're listening now? He was God, the Logos. The word that went out of God. When he began to brood on the earth, he brought forth marine life. When the Spirit of God, the Logos, the Word, said, let there be, there went the Logos, which was the Word. All this was in the Logos. The whole Word of God, the whole Bible for every age was in the Logos. And the Logos began to breathe on the earth. There came marine life, build up, bird life, up to animal life, and finally there came Something in the representation or looked like the very thing that was brewing it, brooding over it. God, a man in the very image of God. That man fell like the seed had to go to the ground. Then God began to brood over that after the fall. He brought up an Enoch. He brought up an Elijah. He brought up a Moses. He brought up prophet after prophet. Trying to restore the image again. Finally, upon the earth came the genuine image of God himself, which was God, the Logos, made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ. Now listen. Now that same Logos has a part, has God a bride. That Logos has a part, has a bride. That same Logos, this word cannot be tampered with. It's brooding over the churches today trying to bring back the word to its full manifestation. Did it in the beginning? Did it bring forth marine life, bird life, botany life, finally in Adam? Then Adam fell, and then he brooded over it again, and God brought on Enoch, and Elijah, and a Moses. <laughs> Till finally it came to the very image of what he was. Okay? Then he says, in that Logos was a bride. So now he's brooding over the churches, brooding over it again. That same Logos is brooding over churches, bringing back the word to its full manifestation. The prophets was carried to that seed. The church denominations have been carriers to the seed. Now, the shuck that hugged it as holding the seed leaves her. So now they pushed out the word in Laodicea. The shuck that held it, that invited a prophet, the word prophet, into their churches, pushed it out. And we found Jesus in this generation knocking on the door. Amen. But the bride, the Christ, they are... <laughs> I'm really going... I'm sorry. i got to slow down. Two more minutes. The bride of Christ has got a ministry. I want that one to soak down because not everybody believes that. The bride of Christ, she's got a ministry. She has a great ministry. The ministry of the hour will be so humble. Now, I'm just your brother by grace of God. But when the angel of the Lord moves down, it becomes then a voice of God to you. 
He said, I'm sorry if that offends you. And we've used this quote before. I'm sorry if that offends you. You forgive me. But I felt that was resented. But I am God's voice to this time. I'll say it again under inspiration. I am God's voice. Now, see, I can say nothing in myself but what he shows me. And I say it. You believe it. You watch it happen. So now the voice of God is speaking the bride to existence. And that's why Brother Bram then says in the church age book, you are literally the spoken word bride. Amen. I hope you're enthused about it. Amen. 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 It's a wonderment to me. It's amazing to me. For this Jesus Christ is our Redeemer. He's our sacrifice. He's our Passover that was sacrificed for it, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. He's my mediator. He's my restorer. He's a restorer of peace between God and man. He's my propitiation. He's my everything. But now we're in the end of the world. Paul writes in uh, Hebrews 9 and 26, Now... Once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And I can say, behold, the lamb. He's your lamb. He's my lamb. From Genesis to Revelation, he's our lamb this evening. Be zealous then. Be zealous, as the Bible says in Revelation 3 and 19. Be zealous and therefore... Repent. If you've been slothful, if I've been slothful, God put it under the blood. Forgive me. I don't want to be slothful. I want to be pressing the kingdom. I want to be eating the book. I want God to become manifested within my life. I want because the spirit of the age is repentance. People don't want to repent. They want you to repent, but they won't repent themselves. Repentance. Now listen, repentance in its definition is, now listen, listen, here's a a definition for you. Is the reign of God that draws near. But you can't see it because you're looking the wrong way. You're expecting the wrong thing. What you think is God isn't God at all. You have to be, as Paul said, transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to do what Paul says. You need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You don't want to be looking the wrong way and expecting the wrong thing and not getting it. But now God has sent a word to you and I that we can repent and see What God wants. We need to repent. Or change our minds. Or turn around. Brother Bram said. From where you're going. Back in another direction. There has to be. A change. Within our hearts. Where the reign of God. Will totally. Be in you. Musicians please come.
Behold the Lamb. Look at the Lamb. Watch the Lamb. Gaze on the Lamb. Observe the Lamb. He said, so many could stand on the other side of the river. The crowd got so big. And after a while, I noticed, here come one walking down and behold. Brother Brown says, behold. Sally, behold. Look at it. He says, just look at it, Larry. Just look at it. Watch it. Look at it. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Here he's coming. An ordinary little fellow walking down through there. With his blue robe. How did he know it was blue? With his blue robe on and his hair blowing. 30 years old. Oh, he says, what a man. Brother, the living God. I tell you, there was the prince of princes. There's the king of kings. There's the Lord of lords. There's the son of the living God. There's God's divine promise. I say to you tonight in this little Sunday night service, behold the lamb this summer. Behold the lamb before you go to bed. Behold the lamb. Let him take up every part of your heart. Amen. God bless you this Sunday, last Sunday till September. We love you. We want to press the kingdom together. We don't want anybody lagging behind. And if some is lagging behind, these are wonderful men of God to call. Call me. Call them. We'll come and lift up your hands. Encourage you in the faith. And when you know somebody is down, why don't you go over and extend a welcome hand and say, I've been praying for you. Amen. Let's bear one another's burdens. Praise the Lord. Brother Kyle, it's been a joy to have you back. It was a good exhortation last night. Don't party away your what? Potential for greatness. That would be a good subject to talk about tonight over summer. Don't party it away. Don't bonfire it away. Volleyball it away. I want you to behold the lamb. Behold the lamb. God bless you. God strengthen you. God fortify you. And may he so revelate you this coming summer that lays before us. Why don't we stand to our feet? That would be, I, if I start on a note, I know I'm not going to hit it, Ben. So, Christ, my Redeemer, died on the cross. Christ, see? Died on the cross, died for the sin.
say, God's not dead, he's alive. Where's he living? He's living in me. He's living in you. Eat the lamb. Eat it up. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father, it's a little thought this evening. I just trust, Lord, that you have punctuated it within the hearts of your children. That we could indeed, Lord, build the body of Jesus Christ up. Lord, that they would be edified in the faith. That your greatness and your power that is laying within the hearts of your children may it come into full manifestation. Lord, I don't believe the little lily in the pond toils hard. It just expresses the life that's in them. May we express the life of God in us. Bless your people, Lord, and in the days that lay ahead. Lord, let's not caught up. Let's get caught up in those things that are so frivolous and light. But Lord, may we be caught up in Christ. That I could be caught up and then carried away. Bless your children. Go with us now, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give a special thanks just before we go to all the sisters that labored to make the graduation very, very special. And uh, we, we were just a, a partaker of it. But young people, you will understand maybe years down the road what the effort is that went to make that evening the way it was. Mothers probably didn't sleep a lot to put on something so special for you. And we want to thank those mothers. We want to thank the brothers that helped also. God bless you. God be with you. Greet one another with a godly handshake. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.